Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Football! Football, yeah! yeah. Football! Yeah. Football! Let's go, boys. Let's go. Judd's on the road visiting some family over the weekend here. Uh, Declan in the home studio. I'm in the home studio. It doesn't matter where we are here on Purple Daily. We're all gearing up mentally for a super wild card mm. weekend. And while you two are, are, are fortunate because there's no snow or it's missing you, I am in Dyersville, Iowa, where it is a whiteout condition. Dude. I am in the I am in the absolute um, middle of a winter snowstorm. How far from Very Kansas impressive. City from Arrowhead are you right yeah. now? Could you get your way over for, for the historically <laughs> cold, she went with you. frigid Could game? I? Yes. Would I ever think about it? Absolutely not. No, no, Dude, no. it's going to be... And we'll get to Feedback Friday here, Purple Daily, presented by Quick Trip, uh, live every Friday for Feedback Friday around 10 a.m. Central Time on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. So that Vikings-Seahawks playoff game at TCF Bank Stadium in 2000, I guess it was 2016 calendar year, that was, I think, the third coldest game, second or third coldest game in history. There's the mm-hmm. Ice Bowl, the Packers, and the, the Cowboys, yes. right? Yes. This is projected to be colder than the Viking Seahawks game in terms. So it's going to be below zero temperature and 30 plus below wind chill. And here's my question, though. I, I want to say sometime in the 90s, they changed wind chill factors and how they do it. And so yeah. I want to say the ice pole was was like when I was a kid, I remember they, they'd come on and say it is 95 below with the wind yeah. chill. And I was like, 95 below, that's nuts. And I think they amended that. So I always, like, does the league take that into account? So, like, the temperature is the temperature, but the wind chill is the factor. So Two things things that got corrected in, like, the late 90s were wind chill overinflation and home run measurements. Reggie Jackson once hit a ball 843 feet over two stadiums. But you know what? No, he didn't. (laughs) You know what, though? Home run measurements are not nearly as much fun as they used to be because like yeah. now you'll see a blast and it's like that was what you know take take your pick uh, 500 three, feet oh well, man. right well but that was way more fun than like three uh, 393 it's like well that wasn't 393 that looked yeah. way further but i warn you guys i am coming today for, from uh my brother-in-law brian's basement and this is a big chicago Sports oh, we got fan. wow, dude! We got that's we Walter got Peyton. Peyton. Is that that's Michael Jordan? Jor- that's Jordan. Hold on a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you this one. Gale, Gale Sayers. Sayers. Yep, and I will continue to go 
Ryan Sandberg. Ryan Sandberg. So, oh, so man. be forewarned. Is there a picture I, of you in there somewhere too? It's just Judd Zolgad on a microphone? No, no, there's not. Nor nor should there be. I'm just saying I, I got Chicago greatness right behind me. And uh and and Brian has Minnesota greatness, sports dad greatness in his yeah. home. Oh, this he's weekend. thrilled about that. He's absolutely yeah. thrilled. <laughs> so all right, let's get to some feedback Friday questions here. This is where we turn the show over to you guys. We stockpile your questions, your hot takes. We've got some reckless speculation in here. Uh, you can always hit us up through the Score North app. There's a feedback tab. That's the best way to send us an email. So Sharif Stafford chimes in and says, some food for thought. I'm not sure if I'm even 100% on board with this, so don't kill me too much for this. But I'm starting to feel like the Vikings should trade back just slightly and gain a second or third rounder or multiple if possible. I know that's probably unpopular with the fans, but I feel like the top three quarterbacks are going to be off the board, and there's so many positions of need you guys have pointed out this week. With the current mocks, I'm thinking they could trade back a few spots, still get an upper-level edge rusher, maybe D-line, interior offensive line would be my main focus throughout the draft, too. Um, He's also calling the Vikings S-A-W-F-T soft in this email. How would you... we've, We've talked pretty exclusively about what's available from 11 on up if they're going to trade up. And we have not really at all on this show entertained the idea of moving back. I think based on what happened a couple of years ago where you move back like 20 spots, right. passed on Kyle Hamilton and we're scared again, whiffed on a whiffed on a couple guys. So trading, how does trading back sit with you guys? It's not my first choice, but but I would take a quarterback, so that's my thing. Like I, But if you're going to keep Kirk, I keep saying, if you keep Kirk, I do not think that you're going to necessarily take a quarterback in the first round. So let's say that you're not. If I'm not mistaken, do they not have a third-round pick? I, I want to say the Vikings have a second, but no so, third-round pick. Here's what they have, just yeah. so we can all be on the same page. They have yep. a first-round pick, a second-round pick. So they have the 11, the 42. They do not have a third-round pick. They have two fourth-round picks, two fifth-round picks, and two sixth-round picks, and they don't have a seventh-round pick. So okay. they have a ton of picks. They have six picks to start day two between rounds four and six, but they only have one – I'm sorry, day three. But they only have one day two pick in the second round. So if you're going to keep Kirk and you're going to continue to try to win now, and and uh, I just – I don't see them keeping Kirk and taking a quarterback in the first round because it's sort of – like, what's the point then? Are you trying to win now or not? So th- this would not. This is not my plan. This is not the Zolgadian plan. But if that's what they do, if they do uh, sign Kirk, then this does make some sense because you could replenish. I mean, if you got an, another second round pick, and and you can take a, a first round talent edge with your new first round pick. You know what's funny is the the scene trade in a much smaller way, um, and that whole decision to bail backwards is sort of. Um, uh, reminds me a little bit of the ponder thing, right? Because now, now we're like, don't trade back. What are you doing? You traded back and it was a disaster. Yeah. It, well, I will say it doesn't have to be a disaster, but this would not be my first choice. That's- so what? real quick, what the draft value chart shows is if you move back from 11 to like, let's say 17, mm-hmm. that's Jacksonville. That's 300 draft chart points, which would be the equivalent of Jackson's uh, Jacksonville's second round pick, and then you would kick back like your fourth or something. So you could you could, if you trade it back in the teens or even like early twenties, you could get another team's second round pick, and and you might have to like float them a fifth or something back. But I don't know if the quarterbacks are gone, 
and you feel like, well, let's say the first three quarterbacks are gone. And I know people are going to kill me. Some, some people are going to kill me for this. But let's say, uh, let's say those three quarterbacks are gone. You trade back a few, get the extra second, and you take J.J. McCarthy in the second round or something. You re-sign Kirk, take the 20-year-old kid. He sits for mm-hmm. a year. It's not what I would like to see happen, but I could see their logic of, okay, well, yeah, we, can, we caved into Kirk. We gave him two years. Instead of drafting one of the trading up for a 23-year-old quarterback like Jaden Daniels, let's, uh, let's beef up our trenches and maybe grab a, a developmental quarterback in the second round. I mean, I would think option one is still Kwesi kind of fielding out if he wants to trade up before the draft starts. Right, I think that's option one. Option two is draft day comes along, and then you still can swing that trade to move up, but you let the board kind of play out, and then you make that you know call or make that decision as the board plays out. Option three is if all the quarterbacks are indeed off, and you, maybe you're not in love with Latu, or Latu's even off the board at that point, a trade back a few spots, accumulating more picks is 100% possible, while also still doing the same thing they did in 2014, which is then sneaking back in towards the end of the first round, maybe taking J.J. McCarthy so you get the fifth year. Like, there are plenty of options for them to trade back. I know Vikings fans are scarred from that because of the Lewis Seen situation, and I also yeah. think that process was a little flawed. But I will say trading back is, I would say, not likely, but it's 100% on the table, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Yeah, and I think, obviously, yes, the the whiffing on Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth makes you just not want to do that. But if you had hit on both those guys and the, and that's what Quasi would argue that if you, if you ran that process a hundred times, you'd probably get extra good players more often than not, but we're judging it in a one year sample. But yeah, that's how you're judged. You're judged in small samples as a general manager. Uh, but the, the only thing about drafting 11th is the positions of need for you are quarterback edge and interior defensive line. And most of the mocks have three really good quarterbacks in that range, higher up, obviously. You'd have to trade up. Three really good edge rushers in that range and the defensive tackle from Illinois. So, like, seven of the 11 players that are being mocked are players that the Vikings would, in theory, be looking to take, right? Do you guys think that the decision to quickly uh, pivot to Jared Mayo as the uh, Patriots coach, and so he's he's got the job i guess it turned out it was in his contract okay yeah do, do you think that that changes that third pick because you know i thought that they might go with a quarterback type of coach right but he's a defensive guy and this and and you know you talk about a team with a ton of needs i mean the patriots are depleted as hell they need marvin harrison jr just as much as anything else yeah right? but i mean but but they also need draft capital and draft picks do you mm-hmm. think that that makes the the probability of them being willing to move off that third pick to get more picks because that's the one, again, that really intrigues me as a possibility. Mm. Um, if the Vikings do try to go up and make the type of deal that we yeah. talked about a couple days ago. Could be. Yeah, we don't know. That's the thing. Like, we don't know what New England's thinking. We don't know. We don't know what Chicago is fully thinking yet. I mean, I think we right. think Chicago is probably going to just draft Caleb Williams and sit there. But it's, it'll be interesting to see who's open for business. But yeah, I guess brace yourselves for, I think the analytically sound thing to do oftentimes is to trade back when you're in that sort of 11 range. And the last time they were, Quasi traded back 20 spots. That sucked for our draft party, by the way, where it yeah, was, it was like horrible. raining and 35 degrees. Selfishly, and they, I hated they that. they traded back two hours. <laughs> except, except in retrospect, the folks at Surly, where that draft party was held, were thrilled. 
because it kept people around (laughs) drinking beer for two hours, which I never really thought about at the time. I just thought, exactly, this sucks. And they're they're like, are you kidding? Oh, man, we're going to tap some more kegs. Yep. On the uh, quickly on the Patriots front too, because obviously yeah, Gerard Mail gets that job, and I saw Schefter tweet this out too on um, on Friday morning that I mean O'Connell and Mayo part of the same draft class for the Patriots in two thousand eight. So Mayo yeah, was buds. the first round pick, KLC was the third round pick. I wonder if there's some buddy buddy relationships there. I know KLC is the head coach and whatnot, but I wonder if there's a, a little bit of a connection there that you can maybe finagle a trade with. Yeah, you want to trade? Mm-hmm. Hey, Gerard. I mean, those guys aren't the ones pulling the triggers on the trade, but they could, right. you know, build a little relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah Anderson chimes in and says, one thing that hasn't been talked about too much so far this offseason is Brian Flores. There's a ton of head coaching opportunities open in this league. There's, I think, eight jobs open and a couple that could, well, seven now because the Patriots job is closed. Could be a couple more this weekend, too. If Mike McCarthy gets bounced. Uh, so she is saying that not a single team has requested to interview Flores yet. I know teams are wary about the lawsuit and the Vikings defense collapsed late in the season, but what's the deal? Selfishly, I'm glad it seems he'll stick with the Vikings, but why do you think he's not getting a single interview request when you have far less talented and frankly random coordinators getting interviews? I think it's a couple things. One is, and we've, we have talked about this for months and she broached it as well. I think the lawsuit's a huge deal. Like you are. So you're going to talk to a guy who is actively suing the league and essentially uh, the commissioner. Okay. That's a problem. The second thing is I'm telling you guys, I think it really hurt about a month plus ago now when Tua came out and essentially ripped him. Like he, he basically said, I've got a coach now, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, if you go back and read those quotes from Tua, they are an indictment of Flores. And the third thing is, the reality is this. I still think the majority of these teams are probably, they want to get offensive guys. Like Ben Johnson of Detroit is a big name. Because why? Because he is deemed to be a big part of the Lions' offensive success. So, um. I'm not going to be shocked. I do think Flores will get in front of some teams. Like, it, I do think that he will, but I will not be shocked at all if he does not get a job. Now, if the suit gets settled, which at some point it's going to, and if the Vikings continue to play well defensively, I could see him being gone after next season. But I don't think he is any type of lock to get a job in the upcoming months. Yeah. And if that is the case, one more year, Brian Flores is is. Probably a great thing. Oh, I do wonder, though, if, okay, Flores is coming back. He did some great work building the defense. I wonder if that makes them lean even further toward get Daniel back in the house, go draft a Dallas Turner or Latu Latu from UCLA, exactly. you know. So uh, Wally Green says, hey, guys, tremendous programs. I'm so glad I found you. Thank you, Wally. Been a fan since the age of black and white TV, at least in my household. Not of us, I would assume. Our well, show me, goes maybe. back... 10 years, I think. Yeah. It could be me. Could be you, I guess. Uh, in fact, when drawing helmets as a grade schooler, I thought their helmets were black. <laughs> it's funny, like, the world was black and white for, for so long, and then one day, like, the lights came on, and like, oh, man, Judd's wearing a blue hoodie. This is crazy. Uh, anyway, I wanted to throw this out about re-signing Kirk. Out of 57 Super Bowl champion quarterbacks, Nine were won by quarterbacks 36 or older. Of those, six were Elway and Brady. Seems like our odds are less than stellar unless the bionic Achilles gives him some superpower. He's a great man for sure, but I am under the assumption that the Moneyball GM 
can't make this pencil out. Win one before I die. So so basically, if you take away Brady and Elway, who are two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, then only three quarterbacks, 36 or older, have won Super Bowls. Right? Interesting, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but but there there was a time when when that age was a cliff, right? Like like the Brady thing. I, I mean, he took that to such extremes as far as the age goes. Um, but I would agree. I would agree that he's got some good points, some very good good points. And and again, so so let's play the old Crusaders game here too. Of it's not Kirk's fault. Okay, let's play the game. It's not Kirk's fault. Where is this team at if they re-sign Kirk, which is going to cost you? Where is this team at as far as the window to say, okay, if it's not Kirk's fault, well, then can Kirk be on a team with the Vikings that wins a Super Bowl? So, like, if, if we're going to absolve him, we do have to do it both ways. And so the judgment it, the judgment has to be is, are you in a window where he can win you and the whole team right now? And I say they're not there yet. That's my That's, my, that's the middle purgatory problem. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 and use code purpledaily50 to get 50% off. That's code purpledaily50 at factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 to get 50% off. Go check out Factor Meals. Let's let's keep going on this thread here. There's a couple more that are kind of in this realm. So Ken Olson says, I think you guys are wrong that if they re-sign Kirk, it means they are not taking a quarterback high, especially after the reports about how hard they tried to move up for Anthony Richardson. There's nothing in the Wolves' history that points to impatience. And I would point out that some of the greatest quarterbacks have sat for a year or two to learn the NFL game. Steve Young sat behind Joe Montana. Brett Favre. Well, he kind of bounced from Falcons, sat behind Mikowski for a minute. Yeah, but not long. Tom Brady sat for a year and a couple games behind. But they didn't draft Tom Brady as the heir apparent. They drafted him as a sixth-round flyer. Right. Patrick Mahomes, he did sit for a year. Uh, Culpepper. Then you have guys like like Wilson, who won the starting job. Is that Wade Wilson? Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell. Russell, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yep. Or guys like Dak, who were forced into starting when Tony Romo got hurt. So... All right, here, here's my only issue. For a while, I was kind of on the, yeah, get, if you can get Kirk back on a contract that allows you to get out after the first year. Yes. Like, the Chiefs could get out from Alex Smith's contract after the first year, so they felt comfortable drafting a quarterback in the top 10 or wherever they traded up to get Mahomes and sit him for a year. But now that we've heard Kirk speak about the importance of structure and kind of respect and all these things, I don't think they're going to be able to get him on anything less than two years guaranteed. So are you going to, here's the problem. Like if, if you cave into Kirk and you give him the structure he wants, it's probably like two years, 80 million, almost fully guaranteed through 2025. 
plus the $28 million in accounting money from his previous contract that hits your cap over the next few years. Yep. Doesn't that feel like, so you're going to do that contract and still draft Jaden Daniels in the first round? Aren't you now wasting the majority of his rookie-scale contract by not just starting it? I just, I just It feels like oil and water in terms of building your roster. I, I just don't know if I see that happening. I remind you guys, um, I, I believe it was two days ago now, of Quasi Duffelmance's comment at the postseason press conference, okay? And it was the key part to me. Ultimately, it always comes down to, can you find an agreement that works for both sides and all of those things, okay? So on the surface, I think we all think money, you know, just like with Kirk. And then Kirk tried to say, no, no, it also is about what those dollars represent. And I think that's what Quasi is preparing us for, which is, you know what? If Kirk Cousins came in tomorrow and said 40 mil, one year, let's do one year deal. I want to prove myself again. In fact, you know what I really want to do? I want to develop a guy beat behind me i love the vikings and i want to help you i think we'd all say absolutely get Mm -hmm. to sit a rookie um kirk cousins is good you're really good nobody's saying this i mean i feel like this whole conversation is tinged rightfully so with okay but what do you really want because if, if he's like two years guaranteed and by the way and I don't blame him one bit. Let, let me make this clear because the Crusaders are going to be upset. So Crusaders, calm down. Um, but to be very, very clear, I don't blame quarterbacks for not wanting to develop their successors. It's not their job. These yeah. are prideful professionals who want to keep their job, okay? Mm-hmm. But Kirk Cousins is a guy that wants to keep his job. So I feel like this entire conversation is built on that, not, hey, Kirk might come back for one year. Oh, okay, that's that totally yeah. changes the game to me. And again, the one year thing, because I see a couple comments here too. It, it, it would only, he, you know, dra- draft a quarterback, he can sit for a year, sit for a year. Well, is Kirk Cousins going to sign a contract that is only good for a year? Or, right. or, do you, or would you sign him to a, a, an ironclad guarantee contract for two years that has a, a no trade clause potentially, uh, or has no no trade clause potentially, and you can move him, but that's risky too because, like, what if he doesn't bounce back from his Achilles tendon injury, and you're you were banking on maybe trading him after the first year, but now there's no value. And by the way, if you give a guy a big signing bonus, and there's already there's already bonus money from his old contract, like all like part of this is is if you're going to bring a new quarterback in, wouldn't you want your books to be clear so you can start building the rest of your team? Mm-hmm. If you've got forty or eighty million dollars yes. tied up in the bridge quarterback, like if you're going to go with top ten draft pick quarterback and bridge quarterback, I, again, clip this for social if you want people's heads to explode. Aren't you better off with like Ryan Tannehill for eight million dollars instead of Kirk Cousins for thirty five or forty? I'm not saying Tannehill would be better than Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, maybe coming off an Achilles, but it's about like let me let me pour these resources into building a team that we can support this new quarterback with. I'm in the camp across all four of the men's major sports that there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. So, like, if Kirk Cousins did want to come back on one year, dude, I would actually sign up for that. Like, if it was Mm -hmm. ironclad $35 million one-year contract, that's it. I would actually sign up for that tomorrow. Kirk doesn't want that. Kirk Cousins wants security. He wants that all. And then, hey, that's his prerogative, and I I don't necessarily knock him for that at his point in his career. But if it was a one-year deal, yeah, sign me up. But I don't think Kirk wants to even remotely consider yeah. that. So here's another angle here. Robert Barweiler says, Kirk has stated it's not about the dollars. It's about what the dollars represent. Well, 
$25 million per year was enough to uh, respect for the GOAT Tom Brady at the end of his career. Shouldn't that be enough for the top 10 to 13 quarterback in the league right now? Two years, $25 million a year with $35 million guaranteed, so only like partially guaranteed in the second year. If that's not good enough, let him walk. Now, I went back and just did some fact-checking here, and he's right. Tom Brady was earning between 20 and $25 million a year over the final years of his career in New England and then also in Tampa, which was about, in any given year, about 12% of the salary cap. In New England, he was like 20 or $23 million. Then he went to 25 as the cap went up in Tampa, and then he actually went back down to like $20 million his last year in Tampa, but about 12% of the salary cap. So if you account for league inflation, right, like the cap keeps going up every year, 12% of this year's salary cap would be about $30 million a year, which is exactly what PFF projected Kirk's contract to be. Also worth noting, Kirk Cousins isn't Tom Brady. So people keep using Tom, well, Tom Tom Brady played till he was this. Tom Brady, like, dude, Tom Brady is a bionic freak. Right. And, and Kirk does like devote his every waking second to being healthy. I have no doubt that Kirk's going to come back and probably play a couple more years minimum in the NFL. But it's, it's hard for me to compare anyone to Tom Brady or LeBron James in the NBA. I feel like the Vikings are at a point with veterans right now where for a large part, you're going to have to come around to their terms, too, which is why I think Daniil, who who I actually would love to see back. But I think Daniil is going to be tough as well. Like, I don't think that you can – you give out those contracts that, that the players dictate the terms, in my opinion, when you're on the precipice of a Super Bowl championship. It's like, okay, final piece of the puzzle, you got it, right? Yeah. But when you're in the, the zone that they're in right now, I think you pay guys like Jefferson. I think you pay your young talent. By the way, again, the very important thing to remember in this league is you want to pay guys coming out of their first contract, yes. not like yeah. their third contract. Um, but I don't think the Vikings are in a position here, if if they're probably being logical, to be allowing veteran players who are probably near the end at dictating the terms. And that's and, and with Kirk, I'd be fine if he walks. With Daniil, I'd like to bring him back, but I think the reality of both of those situations is pretty close of, okay, we have to make the smartest decision for our long term here because we're probably, if we're being honest with ourselves, not on the verge of a Super Bowl championship. Uh, hey, boys, it's Super Wild Card Weekend, okay? Football. That means plenty of chances to jump on underdog fantasy and make the weekend even more fun, Dex. I have a pick to share with the audience right here on Underdog Fantasy. I made this on Friday morning, a two-item slip here. Joe Flacco, touchdown passes over under one and a half. Let's, Let's do it. Let's go. And then in that frozen tundra of Kansas City, will Tua have a fumble? I think he also will. So... I, I, in the YouTube comment section right now, you'll find Dex's Super Wild Card Weekend Pick of the Week. If you want to ride with me on this pick, you are welcome to do so. If you want to fade me on this pick, because Dex tweets isn't always right, you can also do that at Underdog Fantasy. So uh, recurring users, go ahead and click the link. And new users, if you want to get in and still uh, make that selection as well, you can use promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, and they'll give you a $100 deposit match, plus a free mystery pick em item, too, on this Super Wild Card Weekend. Go download the Underdog fantasy app love it love it super wild card super, weekend super super hey so it's cold as you know what all throughout the midwest this weekend if you're already sort of sick of i mean we've had a really mild winter so i don't know how you can be sick of it yet but if you're already thinking about summer and oh man how can i get to some warm weather 
So uh, uh, Ballard's Resort on Lake of the Woods is a fantastic summer fishing getaway trip opportunity for you. Prime location, Ballard's Resort right on the south shore of Lake of the Woods, which, by the way, is the walleye capital of the world with uh, all sorts of guided fishing experiences. Why don't you go snag a 10-pound walleye with help from a U.S. Coast Guard licensed guide? This is a fantastic summer fishing getaway up near the fresh air of Canada. Go to ballardsresort.com. That's ballardsresort.com and book your dates before they fill up. Okay. I love this question from Christopher Moe. I don't know of anyone who's brought this up already, but here's my reckless speculation. The Vikings will be the proud participants for the first time in franchise history in hard knocks. Oh, they can't be. Um, you have to. I think you have to have made the playoffs the previous year. No, it's isn't it the opposite. No, uh, yeah. I think I I looked this up a couple of weeks ago because I thought the same thing. There there was something I found that um, that would stop them. Which Teams is a get a shame. pass if they have a new head coach, if they've done it within the past ten years, or if they've been to the playoffs in any of the two prior oh, been seasons. To, been to the playoffs, so they qualify. Well, wait. Oh, but pr- oh, prior been two to the playoffs. seasons. They made the play- that. That's what it was so because two, they made the playoffs. It's a two-year playoff window, so they made yeah. the playoffs two years ago. So they could it's say cool, no. They should be. I mean, my God, how have they avoided it? How did Zimmer avoid it? Man, yeah. If, even if like if Kirk comes back too, right? Kirk was the Netflix darling. People yeah. love people loved watching Kirk on that Netflix quarterback series. Here's what's weird is I would think the Vikings would, would actually want to be in this because, like, O'Connell's a likable guy. Like, PR-wise, I think they're in in good shape, right? Like, wouldn't you want to show your program? Yeah. Right now, you got a facility that's beautiful. Like, what's the downside? I, I know it's intrusive, but, like, what's the downside? O'Connell, O'Connell is very clearly, among coaches, media-friendly. So I love that question. I think great. they should be. It'd be a blast. Uh, Southern Exile says, I liked yesterday's argument that being a t- but being top 10 in a category, say like offense, for instance, isn't a reason to hang a banner. I also agree that being top two or three in a key category is much more of what we want to be true contenders. With that said, doesn't it stand to reason that we should do what we can to keep a top three player in the league like Justin Jefferson? His own NFL peers voted him the number two player in the league behind only Mahomes. I mean, yeah, so we kind of talked yesterday about we're so quick to celebrate. Well, it's a top 10 offense or it's a top 10 quarterback. He's like ninth or something or, you know, top fringe top 10 defense. But if you're looking to win Super Bowls, you're not winning a Super Bowl with like a fringe top 10 offense and a fringe top 10 defense and a fringe top 10 quarterback. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that would be the argument. If you're looking to take your passing game to the most explosive passing game in the league, it's hard to trade Justin Jefferson and still do that. But I think if you made that decision on J.J., and I don't think they will. I think they're going to give him the bag. You'd be doing it with a three- to five-year window in mind. You wouldn't be doing it. And by the way, you shouldn't make decisions either way on just 2024. They should be looking at a three-, four-, five-year window and arc here with any decision they make this offseason. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's a fun conversation because – the return could be so huge. Ultimately, would I do that? Probably not. Like, I mean, the guy is a special player. And I will I will say this. He's not just a special player. Um, 
and who knows, he might change. But for a receiver who's this good too, he's he's a guy who's a captain. He acts like it. Like yeah. we we were amazed when he expressed frustration on the sideline. I'll go back to Moss and Carter mm-hmm. and Diggs. You know, I, his frustration was first of all very small, and second of all, I, I actually liked that one. So. Um, I just think it's interesting, like, if you are, if you were going to, and they don't want to, but if you're going to hit a true reset button, I mean, what could he get you? Two first-rounders and a second? That would be my I question. I think it's two first-rounders for sure, right? So that's my question. But, yes, I, I, I am not advocating trading him. He is a special player. We will explore this topic in depth next week. And I think part of that topic is, okay, if you were – if if you were just not willing to make him the highest paid non-quarterback, because you just don't think that's going to help you build a championship team. Who are the teams that would give you at least two first round picks for him? Because to me, that's the only way I would even entertain it. I'm not going to do it for like, I don't even know if I would do it for the number one pick. Maybe, but I I think I would need, I think I would need more than the number one pick. We can, we can hash this all out. We'll explore that on a very special episode, emotional of purple daily next week. Yeah. Uh, By the way, a shout out. I've heard uh, that Dave Dobies is a daily listener every morning of purple daily. And we appreciate your loyal listenership. Dave, thank you for being an everyday listener or viewer of purple daily longtime Vikings fan. So a shout out to Dave. Uh, Tom Hinkle says, do your wives and Declan's fiance ever get tired of you guys watching and commenting on sports? Even though it's all three of your livelihoods, are there times when your gals say, hey, pay attention to me? Love the show. Podcasts are always fresh. Ooh, uh, so I, I wouldn't say it's pay attention to me. It's just regardless if it's football season or any type, any time of the year, I'll be just finishing dinner or turning on a TV and she'll just say, there's another sports game on that you have to watch tonight she's just flabbergasted i think by the amount that i just fill myself in with sports she's usually she's pretty good with it she knows it and in fact i would say relationship wise she actually appreciates my schedule more during football season than off season because we're just kind of reacting to things that happen across football uh but no I, i don't get too many of those she's just shocked that every single night i have the tv on and i'm watching some type of sporting event the pressure is on me here because I'm I'm at my in, in-laws, Dawn <laughs> yeah. and my sister-in-law Lisa and Brian and and, and Tyler and and uh, my niece Jordan. They're all watching right now, and so like <laughs> I am in it. Okay, I will say this: I think Dawn was very surprised when we first met for like the first five to ten years at the amount of games, but she accepts it now, and it's not bad if. It bothers her and Stella far more that I incessantly babble, like the babbling part of the the job. In fact, you're just like a, mut- you're muttering about the Wilds power. No, play no, no. I just babble. No, about life. No, I just babble about life. Yeah, I babble about games, but I babble about life. And and I think what so so she told me yesterday when you're babbling, aren't you doing like like preparing for the show by doing things that you will do on the show? I said, I'm far goofier without the microphone. I'm goofy with the <laughs> microphone, but I'm far goofier without the microphone. So no, I said, I just don't shut up. I Yeah. I mean, I, I'm actually way quieter. I feel like we get done doing shows and I just kind of want to like not talk for three or four hours. And so that's, that's my personality, but I, I have a story about this. So, 
my wife and I, we've been married for four years. We've been together for like 11 years, 10, 11 years. And uh, the the first year that we were, it's like the probably the first year and a half we were together and she was spending more time at my place. And in my old, Judd, you, you had been in my old condo downtown Minneapolis oh, where TVs. I had the two TVs. Uh, I, need my one, I need two TVs. So I had two TVs stacked on top and then oftentimes would have like a third computer because keep in mind 10 or 11 years ago i was like 25 26 years old and i felt like for a four-hour radio show or a three-hour radio show whatever we were doing every single day i needed to be i didn't have like patrick royce's stories to offer for 50 years in the business or all these years of wisdom right like i needed to watch the games and know what happened in all the games so i would have I would have a Twins game on here, a Wolves game on the bottom, or like, you know, college football playoff, whatever it was. And so I remember one of the nights we were hanging out, and so I've got the two TVs on, both sporting events probably, and then I'm prepping on my computer. And my wife is sitting on the couch across the room, and uh, and she's like, do you think at some point we could just, like, spend some time together? Or could we? And I'm like, what do you mean? We're spending time together right now. She's like, No. We're existing in the same room, but you have two sporting events on and you're staring at a third screen. So I would say this doesn't actually count. And it was like kind of this. Yeah. Okay. What I view as spending time together physically is not actually how you build a relationship with somebody. And so that was kind of the, I probably don't need two TVs in every room that I exist in for the rest of our relationship. And I have found ways now to just like have a game on a phone or have a game on a tablet well, we've got like uh, Vanderpump Rules volume up on the big TV. Compromise. It's compromise. I need a second TV. I've been politicking for it. I've been trying to get it. I need a second TV. And by the way, there is something to be said for existing, existing in the same room. Yeah. I mean, what what more spells love than when you bring in someone that you love and sit them down on the couch and you can sit there and enjoy a good game, huh? I, I will say in previous relationships, it was a problem for other people to understand like my sports obsession lifestyle and, and work schedule. But another thing that has popped up, and I told you guys about this, I think we went to Surly a few months ago. I've been doing this thing, especially on Sunday night football or Monday night football, where I'll watch the first half downstairs. And then I go up to the, cause we have a TV in the bedroom. We have a TV yep. downstairs. I've been going up to the bedroom around like midway through the third or fourth quarter when I start to get a little sleepy and I want to actually lay down and I'll ask, can I turn on the game in here? It is about a 50, 50% chance. She'll say yes. About a 50, 50, but it's Sunday night. football. I know. No, no. It's the dolphins and the bills. You got to, here's the lesson. You got to pick the TV from the start. And, And I always give Dawn the, unless it's like a Vikings game, the big TV downstairs, and I go upstairs at the start and turn on the smaller one. I I don't need a big TV. What I need is what I need is the consistency of that game on. Yeah, what a husband. I think also there's there's value in like laying out the schedule as far mm-hmm. in advance and with as mm-hmm. much detail as possible. Because yes. I think what was annoying for a long time was like, hey, um, we're gonna go do this on Friday. Oh no, Friday night's the oh. second round of the NFL draft, yep. and I didn't tell you six months ago. I'm still not good at that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I'm still not good at that. I'm pretty I'm bad good at, at that. We have a count. We do the calendar every week. Every week we do the calendar Sunday night. It's our it's our thing right before we go to bed. Every <laughs> Sunday we do the calendar. Uh, we've got plans with uh, with the in laws on Sunday. I'm sorry. You know, though, oh, I'm sorry. I can't because I can't. it's the Bears and the Lions. I will say this for Declan though, and I don't think Phil that that this is you, and it's definitely not me. I will say this for Declan though. Declan also has the huge like Twins fan thing. 
So like, like when you what would start to date, including with, with your, your current beautiful fiance, like you would start melting down about the twins at yes. the first date. A like I date. talked to Don about the twins and stuff, but I never like, no, melt, I, like, I, yeah. Second date. I, I so you yelled, scared people. Yeah. No second date. I yelled trash can banger at George Springer as he circled the bases at a twins game. Yes, yeah. I see. Yes, yes, that, that was so you're like game. a Seinfeldian character in some <laughs> yes. ways. Yes. That is trash true. can banger. Uh, Sean in St. Peter says, frankly, I'm getting sick of the Kirk purgatory and plain old Vikings purgatory. The Vikings made a huge mistake this year trying to compete with bummy backup quarterbacks halfway through the year. What's the worth in that scenario other than the Wolves wanting to be competitive and sell tickets? Something needs to change. Patience for the fan base feels like an all-time low. I either need you to take one year. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I feel you need to take one year, clear out your cap hits, and come back better than ever in 2025. Um, who knows? Maybe even develop a rookie quarterback for that year. Big fan of the show. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna take like a complete reset year. Uh, Ryan B says, I have a bombshell for you guys. With the Patriots and Bill Belichick mutually deciding to part ways this offseason, everyone is thinking that Bill's going to go to the Falcons, the Chargers, maybe the Panthers, Commanders. He ain't going to the Panthers. I can tell you that. Yeah. I'm here to tell you right now, Bill Belichick will be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what? When they fire Nick Sirianni. I, I actually love this. This came up, uh, Jeremiah Searles and I were, I, I actually floated this exact idea to Jeremiah this week. And like, there's like three, he, he, by the way, said, what if the bills get trounced? Now the bills have built up their equity again, but what if like they lose at home to the Steelers with Mason Rudolph or something? Oof. Would After the 9-11, you know, speech from Sean McDermott. Yeah. The Cowboys. There's like th- at least three teams. Cowboys for sure, right? If if they lose at home to the Packers in the first round, there might be yeah. more jobs opening up here. Does Bill want to work for Jerry Jones, though? That would be my question. Be yeah. I, I, you know what? The Eagles, actually, that's a great one because they have such a history of blowing out coaches who you don't expect to be blown out. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, like, Andy I could see. Reed. Got I it. could see that. I also don't think that Bill, it it ended actually seemingly so well with Kraft and the Patriots. I don't think Bill's going to go. I don't think it's an arch rival of the Patriots situation. I think like Philly would be absolutely ideal. Good He's team, super NFC. Because I, I don't think we're trying to burn bridges here. Like, like, you know, Bill couldn't stand the Jets. I don't think that's the case now. I love that one. Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting. I'm trying to think of other teams in the playoffs right now. I mean, Mike Mike Tomlin, I think he's staying, but like, is there a chance after 17 years that, that he just doesn't want to be there anymore or something right. and that job opens? Oh. Uh, Jimmy Heyer says, I was thinking if Nick Mullins wasn't on injured reserve and played instead of the Pasternot, we may have been able to see the Vikings lose one more game and move yes. higher up. Although Dobbs was dreadful against Chicago. Uh, my question is, it would have been fun to see how many more interceptions Nick Mullins could have thrown. Vikings fans got a taste of what Saints fans felt with Jameis Winston for those years. I discovered your show at the start of COVID while walking my dog Riley. He's a 70-pound 70, uh, border collie husky mix. Oh, if you could shout boy. out Riley. Who's a good boy? Oh, Riley. Each source. Who's a good Nutrisource boy? So I saw this question in the inbox this week 
And I decided to do some math on this. So Nick Mullins has a 5% interception rate, which means 5% of his attempted passes are interceptions. (laughs) For context, that's easily the worst in the NFL. So like, so Mullins is 5%. CJ Stroud, who's a rookie, is 1% interception rate. 17 different quarterbacks are under 2%. So more than half the starting quarterbacks are under 2% INT rate. And Mullins is 5 if Mullins played a full season with a 5% INT rate, he would throw like 30 interceptions <laughs> and probably 5,000 yards because mm-hmm. he can sling it around, which is exactly what Jameis did. Didn't Jameis like throw for 4,000 yards and 30 yeah. picks that one year? I think so. Yeah. You know what? Right. This brings up a great point too. Um, are the Falcons and to a certain point, the Saints win wins the most destructive wins since the Carolina and Washington wins in the three and thirteen season, yeah, because you easily could have lost both those games. the o- The only team the Vikings beat legit that year was the Cardinals at home. But if you think back to it, if they had just you know Kirk goes out and everyone's depressed at the time, so like let's just say they they just lose, you'd be in such good shape. They right would now, be. Draft-wise. They'd have the fifth pick. They would be. They would have been five and twelve. So you're saying just flip those two games into losses, right? They'd be yep. five and twelve, and they would hold the tiebreaker over the Chargers to have the fifth overall pick. So they would. They would have gone up six slots in the draft. I think, and I think, but I think it's a little different when you know those Saints and Falcons games are hop- happening in October, where the Washington game in 2011 was the second to last game of the year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. A little, mm-hmm. little different in context, and, I mean, hell, we were thinking that that team could go to the, that Vikings team at that point. They'd be the oh, yeah. and Falcons was going to go to the playoffs. But, I mean, yeah, revisionist history, yeah, it, it is, I guess, disruptive in the long run. Dude, Jameis Winston, his 2019 season in Tampa, so he started all 16 games. They went 7-9, and nine, by the way. He led the NFL in passing yards with 5,109 passing yards. It was one of the greatest in terms of just sheer yardage numbers you'll ever see. But he threw 30 interceptions, 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Awesome. His INT rate was actually lower that season than Nick Mullins this season for the Vikings. Wow. 4.8%. Wow. And guess yeah. what? Jameis ate those W's as well. He did. He ate the W's. <laughs> and then decided with his teammates to o- overrule his coach and from, from the victory formation scored a I touchdown. I do apologize to D.A., I do apologize to DA, but it was a team decision. It was a team decision. Um, decision. Just amazing. Uh, Hey, our friends at Zero Res are helping you before we get to more feedback here. Deep clean your home to get off to a fresh, a fresh air start, I guess, to your 2024 here. So Zero Res has a 4.9 out of five star rating on Google with 17,000 reviews. So, you know, they're credible. And if you call or go to their website, and ask for the Scorn Earth special. You can get three rooms, zero resified, starting at just $119. That's 952-0-RES or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Say you want the Scorn Earth special. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same. Zero Res. Also, a shout-out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company who've been helping to power us here at Purple Daily and all across the Scorn Earth network of podcasts for several years now. So, Federated is all about equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. These four cornerstones create the foundation that supports all of their interactions and decision-making as it pertains to their own company in-house and their partnership with your business. So if you're a business owner looking to take your business to another level through risk management, Federated Insurance is here for you. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business 
to protect yours. All right, let's see here. Ira Coleman says, very unpopular opinion here. And to my knowledge, I have not seen this recklessly speculated yet. Oh. Reckless speculation. If, for whatever reason, we don't draft a quarterback in the first round, why not take an offensive tackle? The consensus is at least five offensive tackles with first-round grades. We can definitely snag one at 11, but I recommend actually trading back and still grabbing one. Um, It doesn't make sense to trade Brian O'Neill cap-wise this year, but we can save $15 million and $20 million in 2025 and 26 by moving him off the books. Hmm. Not my go-to draft scenario, but definitely one worth exploring. It could get a decent haul for O'Neill next offseason and not be paying over $20 million for a kind of injury-prone and aging right tackle. Build the trenches. He's thinking, I will say this, any sort of outside-the-box thinking about a three- to five-year window, I'm all in for. Uh, first time I've seen someone suggest offensive tackle for the Vikings. Though. This is, I, I mean, on the surface, I'm like, what? And then I think about it, I'm, I'm like, okay, I wouldn't do this, but I sort of get it. What if you could grab, what if you traded back, got the extra pick in the second round, you nab Penix in the second round, you and you took a tackle in the first round, and now, before he breaks the bank, you also could trade, or you could trade Darisaw instead. Mm. I'm back to my trade Darisaw, which I think I'm out on the Darisaw thing. But if you look deeper at O'Neill, so there's been some injuries, right? He obviously yep, the Achilles, the ankle, but he played pretty well when he was healthy this year. Yep, he's going to be 29 years old and one of the highest paid right tackles in the league when the season starts. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? Like, what what could you get if you tr- if you floated him this? Next two months, like before the is. league year, what would you get for him? Third round pick. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you'd get a ton be- because of what you just said, which is the injury situation the past two years. Darisaw would definitely get you more, but look, I'm not, I'm not going to take a tackle. So I, I just like, think it's an interesting, I like the outside the box thinking. Orlando Brown only fetched a second round pick in 2021. Yeah. And he was also, I mean, Orlando Brown's only 27. So he was 25 when that trade happened. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like once those tackles start to get hurt too, lots of times it becomes a trend. You know, here's another interesting thing. Brian O'Neill, if I'm reading over the cap, right, has no more guaranteed money left on his contract in 2024. Now, because of the way the bonuses are structured, you're still on the hook for a pretty huge cap hit. So you wouldn't, like, if you said goodbye to him, you would still have to eat, like, $8 million bonus prorated this year, next year. Um, There's some other, like, bonuses worked in. But that's, it's worth looking at. With his age, too, like, if they decided, all right, we're going to, we're going to go young quarterback. We're going to, JJ is still young enough. We've already got our young tackle over here in Christian Derrissaw. Um, but they don't have anyone. They'd have to draft someone because they don't have anyone in-house right now that you would say, okay, that guy can step in and be formidable for a year at right tackle. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Quinn from Chicago says, I'm curious who you guys are rooting for in the playoffs this year. Uh, I, for one, would love to see the Browns and Lions go far, especially Detroit, since I hope it will light a fire under the Vikings' butts. Is there anyone that you guys – I mean, the Browns and Lions – how can you not root for those franchises at least a little bit, right? Kevin Stefanski, yeah, two teams that have just been garbage for decades. 
I, I don't know that I'm mentally prepared for a Lions playoff run. Yep. Like, I don't know that I'm in the right headspace for that. Um, the Browns, I guess I am a little bit more. But um, I just, you know what? I celebrate the entire Super Wild Card Weekend catalog. The whole catalog? I'm not even rooting for a team. I'm just celebrating the entire catalog, much like Michael Bolton did. Yeah, I'm a Judd. I, I could not handle the Lions making or winning a Super Bowl before the Vikings. It would it would it would be a huge kick in the gut to this sportsman. I'm sorry, you know what? I, I couldn't. I can't see it. I, I can't think see the it. Vikings. Poor Kelsey. Then we'll have to hear about it. Yes, the Vikings have brought this on. By being yeah. comfortable in that middle ground, comfortable with mediocrity, while the now the Lions had many failed sort of rebuild and tank jobs. I'm not saying you want to do what they did because it literally took them 30 years between meaningful runs. Mm-hmm. But um, if they do it, I would not. I'm not where you guys are at. I'm comfortable with it because the Vikings have the Vikings have had 60 years to figure this out. And they've yeah. had many years of kind of nine wins, 10 wins, 11 wins, and beating up on the Lions, and they couldn't cash in. So guess what? This is the one shot the Lions have. If it happens, it happens. I guess my thoughts aren't on a Vikings basis. I'm just saying as a human, I don't think I'm prepared for this. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. like, like my brain can't process okay. it. So, so, yes, you're right. I just don't know if, like, the Detroit Lions, like, going to the Super Bowl is, is within my mental bandwidth where I could continue if it happened. It is weird. Yeah, it would, be, it would be like if your dog Stella just like started talking to you one day, just like, hello, you'd be like, whoa, what? The, exactly. Lions, the Lions are in the oh, NFC God. Championship game? If she started to talk, it'd be bad because she'd tell me to yeah. shut up. Hey, fat boy. Hey, fat boy. That's what, that's what I'm pretty sure Maya calls me is fat boy. The way she looks at me sometimes. Oh, She's judge judging still. me. She, yeah, of course. Dogs, pets always judge you. Mm-hmm. The little side eye. Wyatt Schultz says, with the Justin Fields, with Justin Fields seemingly on the way out of Chicago, would it make sense for the Vikings to take a stab, at least as a bridge quarterback, if not more? I feel like we get this question like once a month. I remain out on Justin Fields because you're going to have to pay him at some point. No, I'm not paying. No, 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 no. I'm not paying Justin Fields. No, and and here's what, here's my hope. My hope is that um, the Bears hang on to him because I think there's at least that outside possibility. If the Bears had changed coaches, I think for sure they bailed. I still think they should, but I'm not positive that they will. And if they and if if they decide to stick with Fields, I do believe that's going to be to the um to the positive side of the rest of the teams in the North. Yeah. It would be, I think, a franchise <clears throat> altering mistake for the Bears to keep Justin Fields and not draft Let's just say Caleb Williams. You know, yep. like also, there's a chance Caleb Williams might just be better than Justin Fields as a rookie. I mean, look at CJ Stroud coming in. I have questions about there's some stuff like kind of maturity wise with Caleb Williams that would give me a little bit of pause, but to reset that clock, well, keep those resources. Or Drake May. I mean, Drake May looks damn good too. So, yep. Uh, I be- it's Cody. I believe it's pronounced Ganyu. Cody Ganyu. I have a suggestion, like the word tank, rebuild, gives me slight anxiety and a panic attack. So he doesn't want to use the word rebuild. We got rid of the word tank halfway through the season. We're not, it's, we're not tanking around here. We're setting ourselves up for future success, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With Derisaw, O'Neal, Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson, Chandler on offense, we're poised for a long, great offensive system for years to come. 
I'd argue that our car is better than most teams in our division. On defense, we have Bynum, Metellus, Blackman, who are solid pieces to build around. If we bring back Daniil and add some more defensive line help and depth at corner, I would say our team can compete for division titles next season. The thought of a rebuild to me is just crazy. So maybe instead of rebuild, we can use the word revamp. Revamp. Sure. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, it's not uh, a bottom of the barrel situation here. By any means. Revamp. Reload. Yeah, will... no, no, reload would be bringing Kirk back. Revamp me revamp. feels a little newer, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to put a couple of fresh coats of, coats of paint on the wall. We're, we're, we're going to re- retile the kitchen. Yeah. Renovate. Yeah, we're going to. Renovate. Yeah, exactly. We're going to renovate the roster. We're adding a bathroom. Oh, what yeah. a crazy. We, we should tell crazy that. That's a great, because that would sound highbrow, too. It's a I roster would, renovation. Yeah. The renovation of the roster is going very well. And we're building a guest, there's a guest suite out here. Yeah, sponsored. Get a yeah, sponsor. I, I have sponsored revamped, by Home Depot. I have revamped synonym uh, typed in on Google right now, and I have a whole list. So there's renovate, redecorate, refurbish. Refurbish. I don't like refurbish because like yeah. you kind of sound yeah. like, like renovating. Like, refurbish yeah, would be bringing Tannehill in. You know? Yep. Recondition. <laughs> modernize. 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 Update. No, you're not really modernize. I still like renovate, man. Renovate. Yeah. Renovate. I, I think you're word. renovating roster the uh, roster. Anthony Blass chimes in here. I think this will be our one to wrap up Feedback Friday. Hey, fellas. OG fan from Singapore here. Wow. Whoa. Nice. Love your work. A couple comments about Cousins. I'm keen to hear your thoughts. First, the shirtless horn moment at U.S. Bank Stadium. True or false? Cousins was mostly demonstrating that, despite his pending 36th birthday, we can trust those abs with a new contract. Not subtle, but Cousins is nothing if not intentional, right? Was he flexing for the contract? Well, he is intentional. Give me a guaranteed second year. (laughs) Um... He's a very intentional dude. I do think that Kirk, though, has wisely. I, I think the Netflix documentary changed his life. Like, I think he realized that he doesn't have to apologize for being like for me, being Kirk, yeah, a geek. And so <laughs> I think he realized that, and I think he likes that now. Um, but that would be hilarious if it if he told told his wife, you know what, honey, I'm going to take my shirt off because that's going to show him what great I'm shape you. This is worth an extra $5 million in guarantees. Watch yeah. this, honey. You watch this. You think he airbrushed a little bit, too? Just a couple couple extra shadows to make it look a little... No? no. Uh, okay, second point from Anthony here is the butterfly effect of not re-signing Cousins might be the equivalent of trading up in the draft. Hear me out on this. So uh, if three quarterbacks go off the board, I'm going to sum this up, go early... Um. And Jaden Daniels is one of them, too. Then you have to... Well, he's Okay, so here's the summary. He is saying that Atlanta might be a team that could jump, and Atlanta could be a team looking for a quarterback. You could take Atlanta out of the equation entirely in the draft by just letting Kirk go to Atlanta in free agency. So you could, you could play some high-level chess. Oh, if you're okay. looking at the other teams above you, other teams that might mm-hmm. trade up even higher, right. why don't you take one of them off the board by saying goodbye to Cousins... Let him go to Atlanta, where his wife's family is from, where and where he can play for Bill Belichick. That's, that's the odds-on favorite team right now for Hell. for Bill. Bill GM, his coach Nick Saban. Nick Saban, it'll be fantastic. I heard somebody else on, um, I think it was on Coward Show, it, Eric Mangini, speculating yesterday that this is not a retirement by Saban, that he is going to coach, but he wants to coach in 
the National Football the League, National Football which makes a, which makes a ton yeah. of sense because again, college football. What is the incentive now to coach a sport where you literally have to chase teenagers? It's with dumb. yeah, it's it's completely dumb. I mean, if you're Nick Saban, you are like Bear Bryant type coaching royalty, right? Um, I like this if you can get cousins to go to the Falcons. I mean, you know, on the Saban not your control. If you're Saban too, just put yourself in his shoes. Yeah. He has he has defeated the video game that is college football, right? Yes. There's really nothing Several more times. to accomplish. He just and you guys have all I'm sure a lot of the listeners and viewers like you've 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 had that video game where it's just kind of boring now because you you beat it a hundred different times. That's Nick Saban in college. He's won seven national championships. He's got one of the great actually he's got the second highest power five winning percentage of any coach with at least two hundred wins behind only Tom Osborne. So he's conquered it. But don't you think he's sitting there, 72 years old? He's like, man, the only thing. I was a, I was a great defensive coordinator under Belichick in the NFL. I had that two-year run in Miami. And people think I'm a failure as an NFL coach, even though yes. I wanted Drew Brees when he was, when he was available uh, leaving the Chargers. And the medical staff or the front office Basically, ixnade Drew Brees. If I would have gotten Drew Brees with the Dolphins, it would have been my ten-year reign in a Super Bowl. Right? I think I think that sticks in his head. Oh, absolutely. And I also think at, at that time, and, and I said this, I don't know that he was prepared to coach men. Like he was a great college coach, but you know what? He softened up. Like he's older, he's smarter. Mm-hmm. So, like if he walked in, because when he walked into the Dolphins locker room I think he sort of brought that college it's my way mentality and you know players are like dude screw off no but if you've seen stuff it, it feels like in the last five years or so he's really softened up a lot like like he seems much more in tune with people and not as big of a hard ass I would give him actually more of a chance now to being really good and and again you know if you're at Bama you're chasing the portal like like that's not you don't want that if you're him. You've been doing this forever and now you're like begging some guy from Slappy U to come play for you or something. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't I I don't know what the um if you're a college football coach now, I don't know what the attraction is. Well, there's there's still a ton of money in it. Uh, sure, but I mean you recruiting, can... you know, it used to be okay, you recruit well, you'll probably do well. But now it's recruits leave after a year. Um, the portal, the, those coaches now are getting what they earn. Bill Belichick running the front office, which I don't know that I would hire him to do that. I'm just saying what Arthur I, Blank might do. Nick Saban yep. to coach the Falcons who are loaded with offensive weapons, yep. number eight overall pick, and a ton of cap space, and yep. a fellow Michigan State man. Nick Saban, Michigan State background, and Kirk Cousins as the trigger man. Yep. And then use that eighth overall pick to draft an edge rusher. Off to the races. And the greatest uh, Netflix documentary of all time, Grumpy Old NFL Men. Oh, my God. Can be filmed. Saban and Belichick just bitching up a storm about life. Kirk, hey, guys, what's going on? Inject it into my veins. All right. That's a wrap on this Feedback Friday here. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. If you haven't already, please click that like button and the subscribe button on this YouTube channel. And on the audio side, if you're listening on Apple if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, it helps us continue to grow and spread the word about the show and this community of Vikings fans. So thank you, guys. Uh, Purple Access tomorrow. Declan with the first edition of Offseason Ventline as well. And then next week, 
A lot more reckless Vikings offseason speculation for you guys here. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.